Welcome to another episode of Civic Cipher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. Together, we like to call ourselves unlucky weirdos sometimes. <laughs> but you are currently listening that, to man. Civic Cipher. Yes, indeed. Uh, man, unlucky weirdos. That's right. For those that don't know, the uninitiated Q and I, we started off DJs. And when we worked together, we called ourselves unlucky weirdos. I think that name is excellent still. Yeah, we're bringing it back. Yeah, but right now, Civic Cypher is in full effect. A lot to stick around for, so please do. Today, we are going to be talking about something. It's going to be a, a bit of a discussion. We're going to we're gonna open the floor up to our listeners. Uh, we will not profess to be experts, but it's something interesting that I think it's worth talking about. Again, uh, we're going to discuss standpoint theory. I um, heard about this recently, and I thought it was important. Uh, given a conversation I had recently. Um, and also, we are going to spend some time talking about Ebony Excellence. You know, we uh, we spend... Um, this show, we spend a lot of time talking about really heavy things. But this past week, so many amazing things have happened. So many things worth highlighting that... Um, we felt like we can dedicate a whole segment to that. So we're going to, we're going to enjoy some accomplishments today, do some celebrating. And then of course we're going to have our own dedicated Ebony Excellence as well. Um, let's see what else we have to stick around for. Uh, our Baba become a better ally this week is excellent. And we're going to tell a story about a woman who made history before Rosa Parks did. Her name is Elizabeth Jennings Graham. And I promise you'll definitely want to stick around for that story for our way black history fact. But first and foremost, uh, I think it's time to get into some Ebony Excellence. Q, how do you feel about that? Shall we? We shall. So our uh, first Ebony Excellence that we'll be discussing this week um, is uh, sponsored by Hip Hop Weekly Media. Um, and the story comes from the LA Times and we are shouting out once again on the show the one the only Beyonce and I will read Beyonce has broken the record for most lifetime Grammy wins with 32 with her victories for dance electronic music recording traditional R&B performance best R&B song and dance electronic music album Beyonce surpassed late classical conductor Greg Solti who won 31 Grammys uh, she entered the night with 28 Grammys, uh, and she is the most nominated artist on Earth. Uh, she has 88 nominations, and that's a distinction that she shares with her husband, Jay-Z. Um, her career triumph came in the wake of her 2022 20, album, Renaissance, which dipped into 90s dance music, 70s disco, modern electronic music, and classic R&B in a virtuosic, sprawling ode to black queer club culture. And uh, there are those of us who feel that she should have won album of the year. And um, if you know anything about the Beehive, uh, you know that that's not a small amount of people. Um, I can't pretend that I'm the biggest Beyonce fan. I, I am a huge fan, but you know there are certainly people who know more about her career and just everything about her and all that she embodies than I do. But I definitely recognize Ebony Excellence when I see it. And that's why she's been the subject of our Ebony Excellence feature maybe five times now. So once again, credit where it's due. Shout out to Beyonce, the, most, the most awarded 
Grammy winner in history of the Grammys. But it don't stop there. And it shouldn't. Mm. That way. Because as I mentioned, we're going to spend some time this episode talking about Ebony Excellence. Now, I want to take a moment and let you know a little bit about radio. So, you know, our, our show, we didn't start off doing Civic Cypher. Um, we started off doing typical hip hop radio shows, DJing, you know, th- throwing to, um, you know, commercial breaks, teasing, you know, for folks to come back, you know, all this sort of stuff. Right. We wanted um, to make this show kind of consistent with that uh, format. So Ebony Excellence was a feature we thought really um, helped us to uh, anchor this to positivity and a positive momentum with the show that really dealt with some heavy subjects, right? Uh, But we always knew that two minutes per hour per week wasn't enough. And that always felt like a sacrifice that we had to make. I, I'm, I'm speaking for both of us, but you know, a sacrifice we had to make because, of course, we had to deal with a lot of more pressing issues. I guess we knew it wasn't enough, but I think one of the first things you said that it, is that it wasn't nothing because we didn't always have a segment of the show that made us smile. Like it was just the things that we had to talk about. And you and I both agree, like, it can't just be that. Yeah. Even when that's all that we're being given, we have to seek out some reason to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a reason to, you know, for folks that are, are listening to our show every week and not black, we felt like it was important to not just be, uh, the source of, or, or like, I wouldn't even know how to say it. Just, uh, constantly wallowing in our own misery effectively is what I'm trying to say. Um, we, we do smile, we do celebrate, we are happy, we do accomplish amazing things. Um, and at the same time, the other side of that coin is that we deal with a reality that is problematic at, at points. And, you know, both of those things can be true. And a lot of what we were learning at the time when the show was initially conceived is that many people who really do celebrate black culture and, and black people and they love black people, they don't really have access to meaningful access to the other side of that coin. They don't recognize the struggles. They just think, well, Obama did it. Why can't you do it? You know, Beyonce did it. Why can't you do it? You know, and that's a very unfair um, approach because not everybody is Beyonce talented, let's be honest. But also um, there's a, a significant amount of what you may end up calling luck. It's not luck, but, you know, luck. That goes into these these stories where people that have these talents or have these gifts or whatever that they actually peek through and makes make it to the end of that long journey. I think you're more right than you realize, though, like the luck part, because you can work very hard and be very talented. Yeah. And, and still not be the only people that we, we know. know plenty of stories like. that. Yeah. yeah. So I think that 
I don't want to downplay the luck part. And you mm -hmm. can call it luck. You can call it prayer. You can call it divine intervention, but it's not just you. Yeah, it's not just you were dope and work really hard. So you made it like right. it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work, work that, that way. way. Right. Um, there's definitely some divine alignment, even for the show that we're talking about now, uh, our, our show, Civic Cipher, um, for us to be as successful with this endeavor, there had to be some people along the way who, despite having a different opinion, a different political philosophy, persuasion, um, et cetera, you know, had to green light our ability to talk to you right now. And, you know, most of the people would not even want that. They would not even encourage the conversations that we're having because it does not reflect their worldview. I'm happy to say that many of them have kind of moved a little bit more toward the center since kind of dipping their toe in these civic cipher waters and subscribing to the Cypher Life along with me and Q here. But One time for the Cypher Life. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, uh, we needed to make sure that we represented a, a full spectrum of what it meant to be black and and brown and indigenous and so forth we hold this space for our brothers and sisters our aapi brothers and, and everyone else who maybe they don't have a space like this we do believe in solidarity here but primarily it is a black space it was conceived to be a black space and and um we needed to not misrepresent our people here and so ebony excellence was something that we had to work into the we, we wanted to and had to work into this they're called clocks this radio terminology, we had to work it into our clock as a segment so that we had a bright moment mm -hmm. uh, in. And we had to commit ourselves to having a, a bright moment. There you go. Because it'd be easy to get lost in just what was what was me or yeah. what was us. And then, you know, you guys be tuning out like, oh, it's such a drag listening to that. We're happy people. We celebrate. We we love. We live. We we play with our children. I, last night, my son was doing science experiments in my house with a little mm -hmm. National Geographic science kit. Word. You know, we made memories last night. You know, this is no different, right? But, you know, you may not have glimpses into that beyond the more tr traumatic, troubling things you see in the news. And so, again, Ebony Excellence was meant to bring that balance. In fact, our positioners broadcast the balance and defend the discourse. So... um Dedicating a segment to it is something that uh, feels uh, long overdue. And so I want to make sure that we uh, shine a light on some of these things that we believe are examples of ebony excellence. So first up is a woman named uh, Ruth Simmons. Uh, so I'll read a bit about her. She was born uh, Ruth Jean Stubblefield on July 3rd, 1945. She's an American professor and academic administrator. She is president of Prairie View A&M University, which is a historically black university. One time for the HBCUs. Indeed. Now, the reason that we're talking about her today as an example of Ebony Excellence is because um, in her previous assignment, she served as the 18th president of Brown University. She did this from 2001 to 2012, where she was the first African-American president of an Ivy League institution, not African-American woman, African-American person. And that happened in 2001, the Ivy League institution. Now, you know that you're, 
you know that there were brilliant black minds um prior to 2001 mm-hmm. you know we we hear the stories and and they're they're incredible academics um but i think this shows that there's still uh, sort of a, a good old boys club not to take anything away from the people that deserve those positions but it's hard to break in it's hard to uh affect change and we are now catching up as illustrated by the, the first black president of an ivy league school happening in in 2001 um the effects of this type of um trajectory in this country this type of storyline in this country uh, the ripple effect is that now there's a battle on educating children under the guise of protecting children so there's a there's a battle on books at this point books. which is a really scary part we, we, it's, it's kind of happening under our nose but right in front of our faces at the same time like the the idea i think there was like a book i can't remember who wrote it but it was called fair fahrenheit 451 or fahrenheit 415 it's the temperature at which pages burn yep and um, uh, the book they made a movie about it mm-hmm. about you know essentially destroying books that was like a that was science fiction mm-hmm. when it was written not now and you know we're actually going to talk about that a little bit more later oh, on the show. yeah word. yeah because there's um the uh the second part of the show where we we're going to talk about standpoint theory um there's a, a great example of that and and it uses an author whose books have been banned uh, she's mm-hmm. probably the most banned author uh tony morrison and, and so dangerous yeah man. so um before we get there still talking about ebony excellence this one makes me very very happy um you know some of us call her auntie um and if when you find out who it is you'll know why <laughs> uh, viola davis has officially achieved the coveted egot status uh and just so you know this this part um for viola davis i'm pulling from uh uh, the Black Information Network. Um, she won at the Grammys uh, this year as well. And uh, she took home the award for best audiobook narration and storytelling recording. Have she, you had a chance to hear it yet? I have not. I have not. Have you? It's incredible. Yeah, yeah I believe it. Well, the thing is, I know she's an incredible actor, oh, so she's goodness. reading her own book. Yes, she's probably going to sell it, right? Um, but I knew going into that that she was up for an EGOT. Now, for those who don't know, EGOT is um Well, Emmy. I don't want you to say for an EGOT because it's not a singular thing that yeah, you win. Yeah, for, for the EGOT, yeah. I guess, which is the, the quadruple crown, if you will. So these are all prestigious awards that very few individuals get all four of them. This is like you're cemented in entertainment history with an elite few. Hmm. And this is not just box office success or album sales or anything like that, which... uh are all well and good this is recognized by your peers i believe and by the community that the the entertainment community at large as um having made significant contribu- contributions in multiple um veins of entertainment mm-hmm. and so it's it, it suffice it to say it's it's quite coveted um whoopi goldberg is an is an EGOT uh, winner. And, and so or she won all of the EGOT awards. And so um, that's kind of the benchmark. And uh, 
And remind the audience what EGOT stands for. Absolutely. So it's Emmy, uh, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. Emmy being for television. Yes, sir. Uh, so you have to be recognized as an elite performer in television and win that award. Oscar, uh, sorry, uh, Grammy, of course, is music. And, and this is what Abiola Davis won this year. Um, Oscar, of course, as you know, is from movies. So she's an Oscar winner, which any one of these by themselves yes. is an incredible accomplishment. Yes. You know, just to be nominated, that's something that follows you through the rest of your career. Yes, but indeed. To win them is, you know, it puts you. So to win all four, I, so hopefully this is making sense. And then a Tony is for um, stage performance. Yes. So like a live, like Broadway theater, you have to win an award for your performance in a live arena. And so you can imagine how difficult this is to accomplish. And so only a handful of people have actually done it. Now Viola Davis has done it. And I, I can't say it enough. That's absolutely um a, a glowing example of uh, ebony excellence um i will say this last uh uh bit this is from nbc news uh, she's quoted as saying it's been such a journey um i just got an egot uh and uh if you wanted to find the book and i need to find it myself um the audiobook is called find me uh, and that's the one that uh got the 2023 grammy award so shout out to viola davis now uh autumn lockwood we're gonna we're gonna shift gears here because you know we're it's super bowl time and we're um uh in the city where the super bowl is taking place you know uh putting putting our show together this week so um i want to make sure that uh we acknowledge that but uh also we um acknowledge the people who are involved so you understand why it's important to us but also that it's important to us not just because it's here but because of the people involved so i want uh to you why don't you take this next one uh, because we're again getting into the sports arena and that's well, a little bit beyond the interesting thing about uh coach lockwood is that she's in a space where the organizations in the national football league have with very little resistance been able to almost exclusively promote hire and employ white men mm -hmm. uh, in positions of power and leadership um, and just being able to point to what they consider not just a talent pool, but the uh, those who are in waiting and those who are being groomed as if the only people that fit into those positions are white men, yeah. even though the talent pool of players is predominantly African-American. Mm-hmm. For there to not just be a black person, but a black woman in a position in the NFL. It's hard because you want to give them credit for hiring her. But just like you said uh, earlier with with Ruth Simmons. Man, it took too long, <laughs> right? For <laughs> 2023 to be the first time Like we shouldn't still be having these first. But I don't want to rain on this parade. I do yeah, want to yeah. celebrate her. Um Autumn is an assistant sports uh, performance coach for the Philadelphia Eagles who just arrived uh, in Arizona for the Super Bowl a few days ago. Uh, she will take the field as the first black woman to coach in the Super Bowl when her team faces off against the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday, February 12th. Uh, Lockwood, a graduate of the University of Arizona. Shout out to the to the Cats. Bear down. 
and a former soccer player broke into the industry as a sports information director and Olympic strength and conditioning coach uh, at her alma mater. Lockwood went on to work with the University of Houston as a sports performance coordinator in 2021. She continued her line of work as a strength and conditioning assistant at East Tennessee State, the University of, no of Nevada, Las Vegas, UNLV, and with the Atlanta Falcons before joining the Eagles in August of 2022. You know, I want to say something. Um, for those of you listening, these conversations that we're having are important. But I have to remind you, I, I do this probably every two or three shows. I want to remind you again that none of this comes from a place of anger. Some of it is like our coming to terms with the reality, our realizing, dang, that's never happened before now. Wow, the system is more broken than we originally thought. Or, you know, there, this. how can this be? You know, uh, and, and I recognize that we're playing a numbers game. More men are interested in football overall than are all women. Um, but you know, you're absolutely right there. If we're looking at the color line, there are overwhelmingly more people in those uh, thinking, planning, strategizing, leading positions in, in football organizations. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's strictly speaking where the concentration of talent is. That's mm -hmm. just where the opportunities are focused. This is my understanding of how it has come together. Yes. That's where we ha are in 2023. And I think it was further illustrated when um, I saw Dion Sanders interacting with his students that he was coaching. What a good man he is and a good role model he is. And I can't imagine that there could be a more effective role model for the class that he was talking to um, in the clips that I've seen, the classes where he's he's just up there being and saying and teaching and being a, an example of what they can aspire to. And that's, that means something. And oftentimes people that end up in that position don't look like him, don't have his perspective, don't understand what some of those kids might be up against with their, their aunties and cousins still starving and, you know, living different lifestyles and so forth and what challenges maybe ahead for some of these folks and so especially at his as his, his former employer he was the head coach at jackson state in mississippi i'm mm -hmm. still sad we didn't get a chance to go down there while he was still there mm -hmm. but you know jackson didn't have clean drinking water mm. and he had yeah, to coach yes, and educate these kids and get them prepared to go play a game yeah, they got while bigger, bigger. also getting an education like it's it's more than a notion man but um but I'm glad that there's progress. Yes. So I wanted to say that mo we're moving in the right direction just because we're saying this stuff doesn't mean that we're mad about the past. We're just acknowledging it. We're excited about the future and the direction we're going in. Yes, indeed. All right, go ahead and knock out that last one. This comes from CNN. Uh, both Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts spoke to the media on Thursday as they recognized the significance of being the first two black quarterbacks to start in the same Super Bowl. Oh. Wow. Before I move on. <laughs> Goodness gracious. That's cool, man. And. You know, being a former football player, you know, from five all the way through college. I play football too. I've heard those conversations. Ram just did play football. Um, about how they used to perceive black people that played this position or kept us from playing the position because they figured we didn't have the mental capacity to do the job. You see what I mean? That's um, what we have to talk about. So that. once again, I don't wanna I'm not raining on these celebratory moments, just giving you guys some context as to why it's a big deal. Yeah. Um these are good things though. 
almost exactly 35 years after Doug Williams became the first black quarterback to start and win a Super Bowl with the then Washington Redskins. Uh, they are now the Washington Commanders, I believe, because it right. took them this long to realize Redskins probably wasn't the best name for your team. Probably the worst name. With an aboriginal face on the side of the helmet, but we'll move on. Uh, for 27-year-old Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, he's looking at his second Super Bowl, looking to win his second. Um, as the teams face off on February 12th, which would make him the first black quarterback to win multiple Super Bowl titles. So either way, this is going to be a moment in history. Yeah. Um, and I, Patrick, for what it's worth, might be the best we've ever seen play the position. Great. Even and that's better. not Q's opinion. That's kind of general. Consensus. There's, there's Tom Brady, who's considered the goat. And then there's this kid who they think might be the only person to ever have a chance to give him a run for his money. Well, I can't wait to see what happens. Also, I want to acknowledge this, that we're recording this before February 12th, of course. Yes. Uh, you know, some stations air our show at different times around the country. But either way, we're really excited about this. We do believe that these are amazing examples of ebony excellence. This is a celebratory, jovial moment for both of us, and it should be for you as well. Um, and welcome to our reality, because even when we're happy, it's sometimes a mixed bag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 